Assalamu alaikum, everybody. My name is Rahim. Assalamu My name is Noor. And welcome to We the Youth. I'm just going to read the tongue twister because I can't. I don't I haven't memorized it anymore. Uh, welcome to We the Youth, a podcast for the youth by the youth. We're the youth that will discuss the youth for the youth to tell you the truth. I regret writing that so much. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay. It's here now. So, you just said it. It's on here. Again, so Noor. We're like a week into Ramadan, more than that. You've told me a little bit of Ramadan stories, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to spoil it a little bit and say, you're like amazing, Noor, what the heck? <laughs> it's just been wild, that's it. It's just like, like honestly, every day that it's weird because every day in Ramadan is different from the last, and last Ramadan when it was just quarantine, it was kind of like waking up, doing the same thing, um, cook, eat iftar, sleep, watch a movie, and that was it. But this Ramadan, like, every single day is different. I almost passed out last week. This weekend, had a meet. Like, things are crazy, you know? That's fun. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What about you? I, I would say, like, similar. It would, it's at least a little bit similar, but not to nearly that extent. Uh, for me, it's mainly just making sure I'm not, like, falling behind. And then with taking the vaccine uh, last week, uh, and then now this week being an absolute nightmare, it's just like different vibes are going around. One is super mellow and I'm getting zeros in classes and the other one is super hectic and I'm getting zeros in classes. So, you know, I guess it's not that different. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's something. So like said, it's no, this, this Ramadan is, is the one to fix my zeros in the future. The ones I have now are going to here to stay with my friends. So what do you think you're eating today after Iftar? Oh, good question. Actually, I have no idea. I'll have to ask my mom unless my brothers or I make something or my father. He doesn't ever cook anything for the family. Actually, we're not that progressive yet. So we'll get there one day. Okay. How about you? I think I'm eating roz and damia, which is basically okra and rice. And okay. it's like really good. People really hate it for some reason, but I think it's really good. And I've not be happy with people who don't like it sorry I've not heard of that meal before so it's, it's egyptian you just you got you had to have been yes. there and if you guys don't already know i'm my like, my family's from pakistan pakistan uh but uh uh what's it called um i don't know where i was gonna go with that. i was gonna say something about not having been there for more than like two weeks without having food poisoning so uh <laughs> either way um, Noor, would you like to introduce, not the guest, spoiler alert, we have a guest, but yeah. what another aspect of this podcast that's unique to this episode is? It is fundraising. So what? as you know, this wonderful organization, Muslim Youth of North America, is Man. having a fundraiser. And we'd like to just begin it off by saying that if you are interested in donating or know someone who is able to donate, you can go to minna.org slash give to donate and you'll be supporting a wonderful thing. And we'll talk about that hopefully later in, in the episode and all that good stuff. And uh, again, to like put the episode in perspective we want to start off with a little hadith and um you know just get everything going um but I'll the hadith make... isn't directly related to fundraising yeah. it is it's like it more related to what we're going to talk about which yes. will 
Yeah, you'll see. Also, will will be unraveled within the rest yeah. of the. Episode. It's like cinema; it comes together as you watch. Exactly, exactly. Okay, and this is the English translation because I'm not that confident in my Arabic. But Moses said, "My Lord, relieve my mind and ease my task for me, and loosen out from my tongue that they may understand my saying." Surah Taha, Ayah twenty-five to twenty-eight. So. Okay, this is this is such. Uh, First off, one of my favorite stories is Prophet Musa's story. And this is really interesting to me because it's specifically talking about his uh, speech impediments. Uh, they said that he had, I think, uh, a stutter. So when he's going to go give a speech in front of the Pharaoh, how are you going to do that with a stutter, especially in those times where I'm assuming that they were a little less inclusive to people with uh, speech impediments. Uh, so um, having the courage to do that, you have to have a lot of confidence to go up in front of someone and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just have that tawakkul that he's going to help you get through this yeah. in your speech. Definitely agree with that. And tell me, Rahim, how does how does this hadith tie into what we're doing today? Man, to... I thought you were going to segue. I, I gave know. the perfect setup. Sorry, you just had to... I'm sorry. I, I, feel... I even said the word confidence. Yes. Yeah. So as Muslims, we should be confident in ourselves as the as Prophet Musa alayhi salam was confident in his his own self and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala probably mainly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala probably both I'm not going to assume what the prophet was thinking that's like either way um yeah we should be confident as our, in ourselves as Muslims and being a Muslim should give you confidence knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has your back yep exactly I definitely agree with that and to welcome a Muslim who does some pretty awesome things we have today on the podcast, Sister Yasmin, better known as Yas Guru, with over 25,000 followers on Instagram. She's a comedian who is outspoken about her Islamic identity. Please, drum roll, hand clap, anything for Sister Yasmin. Ow, ow, ow. Assalamualaikum. I'm going to do it all. Do it. Waalaikum assalam. Thanks for having me on here, guys. That Quranic ayah is beautiful. I say it before I go on stage every single day, every single time. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm Yasmin. I'm a mom. I'm an attorney. I'm a comedian. I am a Muslim American. I am... Really proud of uh, empowering other people. I like supporting women. I like supporting young people. So this is a, a great platform to, to talk to other people about, especially the young people, about like being confident, like you guys said, and being okay with being a little bit weird or being different. It's your superpower. It's, it, it's nice to know that I'm I'm in at least one of the demographics of people you'd like to support. So that's you that's are great. you are a part of yeah. the youth, Rahim. You yeah, are part of the one youth. Of, yeah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, so out of out of your description of what you are, one kind of stands out from the rest. I mean, I don't know if that was just me, but Rahim, which one stood out for you? Uh, well, I was actually going to say, you know, it's nice that you start out by introducing yourself as a mom, which is super cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the most important part of my identity, for show. Alhamdulillah. Although you did yeah. end with Muslim, so that that's you know like attorney before Islam. That's whatever. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll ignore well, that. <laughs> it's a bit. It's. I mean, religion is a part of 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 my identity, but it's not. It's we're not all one thing. We're many. Yeah, different yeah, things. yeah. No, no. It's of course. 
And it's them actually, it's like the prison that we see everything in. So of course I say it at the end because it's the catch-all, Rahim. Trying to catch me in being a bad Muslim. I just saw what you tried to do there. Yeah. What are you trying to do, Rahim? Yeah. Like I was giving you the opportunity to turn I'm it around trying. on me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You're a good guy. Uh, but you Appreciate did it, say uh, you go on every time you go on stage. What are you going on stage for? And how often do you go on stage? I do comedy, I do stand-up comedy at night. So I'm a lawyer by day, stand-up comedian by night. Cool. Um, I go on comedy in different places. I've been, um, I've been all over the nation. I've, I've traveled in the UK as well. Um, it's been pretty cool. Went to the Chicago Laugh Factory. It was at Gotham uh, Comedy Club in New York. I've been to different universities. The Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. That was a really cool venue. Um, and I do a lot of Zoom comedy these days. Probably the biggest, my biggest performance at the Kennedy Center here in D.C. That was a big deal. Um, but I've been at the D.C. Comedy Loft and, you know, D.C. Improv and lots of other different uh, spots. But my, um, my favorite places probably to perform are those where people can just feel free and it's okay to laugh. That's not always the case in most places, I feel like. Um, but I, I like, I like, in, I like in, in general performing to a loose audience. Zoom is kind of not so fun to perform in, but it's okay. It's what I do these days. Different environments. Yeah. It's a different environment. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, you still, I still get to connect with people like, and I get to also perform to be honest, Zoom is actually a big blessing because I get to perform in front of audiences that I would have not normally been able to perform in front of like, like in New Jersey or in you know, we're in California or wherever. One thing that um, <laughs> stood out when you were saying was that you said um, attorney by day and comedian by night, right? And then immediately yeah. after you were saying that one of the places you were like um, doing it at was a place called Gotham. <laughs> and I was like, just pulled like a, like a Bruce Wayne thing right there. Yeah, <laughs> straight up Batman. Exactly. Yeah, Got- Gotham was a cool place to perform. Um, that was that was a whole. It's just been a cool experience. It's been a cool ride. I've been doing comedy now for four years, and I really started because I just thought I am Batman. No, like I just wanted. I I have two identities. Uh, I wanted to just be able to talk to people um, on a human level, and I feel like comedy is a really powerful communicator. It's a very powerful tool um, to talk to people about things that are hard to talk about sometimes when it's not funny. Genezas are, I guess, some things yeah, that people want to talk, talk about. Yeah. It's hard to talk yeah. to you. Someone could do that. But I, I like to talk things about, like, you know, being an immigrant in the United States. I like to talk about marriage issues, dealing with your kids, driving you nuts, racism in the society, um, being looked down upon just because of how you look on the outside. Those are the kinds of things I like to tackle and talk about uh, in comedy. And I, I started it really with that intention like i want to show that muslims are human they're totally human and totally relatable sorry go ahead you you said you started at around like four years ago which which places you firmly as an adult um yes and so how the the idea at least that i've sort of been fed is that it gets harder to try new things as you get older how did you get into that how did you push yourself to do that well, I had my first son with me and I was just thinking like they ch- children teach you a lot of things. But one of the best lessons I learned from my son, I now have to have two boys. But one of the best lessons I learned from my son was that just because you fail 
doesn't mean you're a failure. If you are not willing to risk it all, you can't gain it all. And kids are amazing at just bouncing back. They're so good at resilience. If they fall over, they don't look at, you know, the toy that they tripped over and be like, I'll never play with that toy again. I can't believe that toy did that to me. How dare the toy? That's not what they're like. Ah, cool. I just fell. You guys could try it again. And they just get up and they dust themselves off and they have, they hold no grudges. They have no expectations. They keep trying. Their intentions are always for joy. So that just taught me that it doesn't matter if you risk it all. It's a lie really that you can't start something new at any age. You can at absolutely any age. I saw people that were memorizing Quran starting at the age of 90. I've seen people, you know, I've seen people who are going to law school in their 60s. I know uh, of, a, of a physician who started practicing as a physician at the age of 58. That's wow. for me is very inspiring as people who are constantly dedicated to the journey of life and the journey of learning. I think if you're not learning, you're not growing. And this life is about growing. And, you know, the prophet Muhammad said that even if you know the next day is the day of judgment, even if you know everything is ending, everything is ending, the whole world is ending, we still plant that tree. And that for me is a good analogy. I feel like I'm planting a tree for the future. And each one of us is a tree. So we have to water, we have to nurture, we have to change the soil, we have to be in the sun. You know, we have to keep trimming our hedges and, and learning and growing and being a place of shade for other people. So I'm all about that, man, until the day I die. Inshallah. Yeah. And even like earlier today, like I was talking about, like, I was, I had like a track meet the other day and, um, and I was like, I usually, I'm like a sprinter, so I don't really run that far of a distance and like a 400 meters, like one lap. And it's kind of, well, it's called, it's mid distance usually. And like for, for, for no reason other than like pretty much torturing myself, I was like, Hey, let's do it. And like, I was like, absolutely so nervous. I like, I don't want, I can't even, it was horrible. And I was like, not even, I, I didn't want to do it. I mean, I didn't want to do it, but you know, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Like, I had to like get in the line, start going. And then I just did it. And like, obviously it hurt and obviously it sucked. And then like come like yesterday and the other day ago, I had like another meet and one of my earlier events got canceled. And I was like, going to do another 400 and I was like <laughs> they're like uh why would you do that to yourself I'm like I don't know like just do it I mean like it's it's fun to just what you can do try. like yeah try something and kind of expand expand your horizons I always say every point of pressure is a point of expansion in your life mm -hmm. so you put a little pressure on yourself and you saw a new version of yourself a new shade of newer came came out right she emerged that's what mm -hmm. we should all be that's what we should all be striving for so that's impressive though thank you I'm proud, <laughs> yeah, I'm proud like, of you it's 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 a tough one but it's fun you know like it's sure. in its own way it's fun it's kind of like a yeah it's, just it's a challenge it's a challenge definitely especially in, like so the midst cool. of ramadan when you feel like certain times like a certain challenge like you know fasting all day not drinking yes. anything, like it's its own challenge and then like sometimes it gets to a point where it's just like you're on autopilot you want like, right. I mean, I don't know if this is just because I'm weird, but I'm like, no, I want something new. Like, <laughs> I need some more stimulation right now. Like, I, I want That's it. awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we just saw Kyrie Irving, you know, he just, subhanAllah, converted to Islam. Oh, He's playing yeah. his basketball game. We we saw people fasting and performing. 
know, whether it be Hakeem Olajuwon originally for the Houston Rockets, you know, out there just killing it, crushing it. Um, or, you know, any, any number of athletes who are Muslim who are out there doing it. So you're in good company, Noor. Mm-hmm. The whole Kyrie Irving thing was so, like, it was a little odd. I, I don't follow sports at all, right? And then, okay. but I've, I have two friends who do, and they brought it up. So I, I looked into it, and I, so I looked at his Twitter account, and uh, don't I, I don't condone Twitter. I hate Twitter. Either way, I looked at his Twitter account, <laughs> and, like, my friends were, like, making fun of it because, like, oh, like, his bio looks weird, and, like, he changed it. Like, is he even Egyptian? Like, what is going on? Because he had, like, like a like a pharaoh or something like that as his bio. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting here like, should we really be making fun of the new convert who has 2.5 million followers on, or 25 million followers, something like that uh, on, on Twitter? Like, I who cares how many, try and be who, yeah, who cares how many followers he has? He's a human being. We shouldn't be making well, fun of him, period, you know? Yeah, that's true. The only reason I said that is because like possible cultural impact of a new like sort of like yeah. celebrity being Muslim. But- it's just it's crazy to me how people make fun of other people for things they don't understand like actually you know there is a a very strong connection for people who came from the african continent to have a a connection to egypt and to the an origin story from egypt so i mean those people need to read history (laughs) yeah like even even like the fact that it's not even like his impact on other people but the fact that like I'm sure he was under a lot of pressure, like being someone who's under spotlight, under the spotlight a lot to just like do something he wants to do, do something that he feels is right. And then just doing it regardless of what he might've like thought was right or wrong. It's so beautiful. It's so commendable. It's so beautiful. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like so proud of him. So proud of him. Yeah. I don't follow the news either, but in my, my own bubble, I am too. (laughs) (laughs) I love, how, I love how Ryan was like, I don't condone Twitter. I love it. Like, it's like, I hate Twitter, bro. It's the worst. I don't like, bro, I hate it too, bro. Like, I don't, I'm not on there. I hate it. I hate it. But I know lots of people love it. So more power to you. Mm, definitely. No, if you like Twitter, power should be taken away from you. I don't. <laughs> He's like, actually, no. If you like Twitter, you're the worst. Exactly. <laughs> no, no right. that's a little bit of a joke, but there is a, a I, I feel a little bit of truth in it. So all good comedy has a glimmer of truth. Should we that? Yes, mean you have done something absolutely uh amazing. Okay. You're a mom, you're a lawyer, which I want to talk to you about law, but we have a podcast to record and <laughs> can't do that right now. Uh but you're also a comedian, which we've mentioned. I'm going to put my hands away. So um, now we've talked about how you need a lot of confidence to go out and do it. And you mentioned that um, you learned that from your child, right? But not all of us have children. Like, alhamdulillah, I am a child. So um, for us children out here, how do we get that confidence to go and try new things? Because I know I have like three like creative endeavors that I want to go on, but I I postponed them for a million years because I have other things that I want to do. And I know it's all just excuses. So So what I learned from my child is the ability to take risks and not to be scared of failure because they're not, it's not failure. It's just information for you. It's just an, just a blip on the screen. But where I learned my confidence from is actually my parents and how it was raised and they raised good that we can, we have that in common. My parents really raised me to believe that the most important part of myself was this indestructible part of myself that God created. And that was your soul. And that that was going to be 
the thing that lasted way beyond anything temporal, way beyond this life. And so they always taught me and told me that God loves me like fully and wholly because he created me in this indestructible way, that there's this part of me that God made me that fully worthy just by being born, just by being me, that was enough. And that every single second is a party. Like every single second that you're on this earth is about producing good things, being productive and like living in the gratitude and the joy of that party that's going on inside. Like, that's what I always tell everybody. Like the way to gain the most confidence is to think like, I have a party going on inside. You're invited if you want to come. But the minute like you like crash my party and have like a, you know, you make a problem, then I'll just push back, create my little boundaries and continue on with my party. And if you don't want to come to my party, that's okay because it's still super fun over here. So you just have to walk through life, I think, that way, which is you're so worthy, you're so loved, you're so deserving. And you're you you've done nothing to really quote unquote deserve that except be born. Like God chose that and God is an infinite source of abundant love and abundant mercy. And so it's your job to just show gratitude to that, to the creator and, and gratitude to being a part of the creation. And that means protecting the creation too. That means being in a state where you're protecting other people, that you're loving on other people, you're giving people mercy, that you're spreading joy, that like your being is a, is a celebration. So that's what I think you should tap into to be more confident. You should also know because everything is temporal, it's just going to pass, baby. That's all it is. Like this moment, it's going to pass. It's going to be gone. And then what do you have left over? Like you're just a collection of those moments, but there's the leftover piece, the soul piece, the piece that is un- indestructible, your spirit, it'll go on. It'll go on and it's, and it's going home. So take every single moment that you have on this earth to do something really special and to be in gratitude and happiness because it's just ephemeral, man. It's all fleeting. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like it's so like underrated that like we take everything that we have in our lives and we just keep it like, like, I don't know, to ourselves enough. Like, yeah, it's so, so fun to like, just reflect what you have and like reflect happiness and joy and everything that you have like to other people. Because not only does it make other people feel good, it makes yourself feel good. Because it's not again, like, it's not like, oh, I I don't know if I'm doing this because I want to feel like reassurance, or I want to feel validation or something. It's like, like, you are doing it kind of because you already have it or something. Yes, yes, like that. That's it. Nor you're already validated. So what is love if you don't share it? Mm -hmm. So Rahim, the stuff that you're putting away, that you're postponing, we're waiting for it. There is an urgent need for you to share of your gifts and talents. I'm waiting for it. So get out there and do it, my friend. Mm-hmm. I should stop waiting for it, I guess, then too. <laughs> yes, because we're all waiting and you have to make the decision to make it available to us. And you can tap into that at any time. You have the power to do that. Again, what is love and what is talent unless you share it? Share it with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you we're have waiting. to support yourself in like environments too where like, Again, and even though it's not about like validation or reassurance, you have like a comfortable environment where people around you appreciate you and like continue to like, um, uh, what's the word? Like, I don't know the support word. You. Like help. What? What? Support. Support. Yeah, assist. Like, aid. Yeah, support. Assist. Yeah. All these things, like, kind Great of get safety. that creative stuff out of you and like yeah. make sure that you're feeling it. Because even though, like, I mean, 
like I really, really like understand what you're saying, but sometimes like, you know, having that confidence is like easier said than done. It's like ha having that people, that environment around you saying that like, no, no, it's okay to do this. Like, no, no, we want like, again, what you're doing right now, like it's okay, we want this, it's expected and everything like that. It's so awesome to have that around you because it just makes it that yes. much easier, even if it's not. Yeah. Like so I definitely credit my parents, you know, to have created that kind of safe environment for me to be fully myself. And just tell me, like, here are the parameters of, like, what God expects of you. You know, everything else is, like, permissive. You know, they were very permissive for me um, to try new things, to, to be a leader, to speak my mind, to share my thoughts. Um, they were not the Haram police. They just weren't. Um, but, they, but they did explain to me what was, you know, um, what was preferable. They explained to me what God wanted of a human being, that... God is looking for worship and looking for gratitude and love. And those are the things that I've carried on now. Hopefully my kids will get that message. And my husband's like super, super cool. He's so dope. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's creates like a safe environment for me to spread my wings and fly. So I really like, I pray that all the young people out there can find spouses that give them that room, you know, and get to remember, remember God through that process because that's what, you really want you want to make sure that you're in constant memory of god yeah and all you 11 year olds out there that that does not mean you should go out looking right now just wait <laughs> that's right if you're 11 please just chill out yeah, yeah. please continue tripping over your toys <laughs> exactly exactly it's a good place to be look okay the only reason uh Noor and I are actually able to make it here right now and I'm assuming for Noor but I know for myself is that I went to Mena when I was like in, in like 2017 I think was my first Mena camp and then my second Mena camp was in 2017 it's the second Mena camp that my life changed and if it wasn't maybe. for that camp I would not be here um maybe possibly nope definitely not as confident as I am now I definitely would not be as aware of who I am so that's awesome well, Minna, Minna changed my life too. I was 10 years old. I'm still very good friends with people that I did Minna Olympics with. We competed against uh, folks in, in sports and Minna is a very big part of my, very big part of my uh, upbringing. And we should all support Minna because it gives people the confidence in a safe environment to be fully themselves, which is really yeah. beautiful. And like we're here on our theoretical stand-up comedy stage giving this yeah. podcast. On, on zoom and obviously this wouldn't have been possible without like connections and everything and i definitely again same as rahim if you asked me when i was 13 going to my first minute camp if i was going to be doing a podcast right now i probably would have just cried <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's that well we're happy we're happy you're laughing and not crying we're yes happy. i i am too very happy about that Sometimes both, but you know, I'll see. Either way, um, I'm gonna bring. So this make up sure you support Mina. Make yeah. sure you support Mina. It's important. It's yes. important for our youth Allah, to feel Allah. to to get connections with each other, to be connected to one another. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna bring this up later because I think it's an amazing point, and I want to leave the podcast off with it, or at least yeah, whatever I say. But Sabrun Jamil, think about it. Giving back, getting back, huh? Moving on. Pretty much the same message we've been saying. It's like we have to like there's part of like confidence and and all that stuff that comes from within yourself and then there's part of it that has to do with like how you deal with other people and you know it probably reciprocates in and of itself you know I, i'm feeling like having 
you know, you brought him on this podcast with me, like being able to just like bounce back and forth, like ideas and, and random things and, and discussions about movies you shouldn't be having. Yeah. It's probably given me a good boost of confidence that I probably would not have had again. So like, you know, even if it's not something we're going to like, I'm, I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm going to be a professional podcaster when I'm growing up, <laughs> but, um, or like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to, yeah. You know, other than that, yeah. but it's like a good, it's a really cool way to just try again, something new and just kind of roll with it, wherever it is. That's fun. It's awesome. We, we talked about been... Vintage just recently, which is essentially that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask, because this is something yeah. that I, I still haven't asked more of this, actually. But I love to ask everyone, everyone who wears hijab. I, I always want to. But hey, like, what's your story of actually going and wearing it? Because it's, it's always just fascinating to me that you can actually, like, you have the confidence to do that. That in itself is just a miracle to me. That's amazing. So I thought hijab was beautiful from a very early age. Um, when I first came to the United States, I was a refugee and we came in actually and some nuns um, helped us in our resettlement in the United States. And they were putting socks on my feet. And I was just thinking like, wow, like these women are like just the humility, the service. They were so kind, so warm, so giving, so loving. And I noticed they were wearing a habit. And I, you know, I realized that a lot of the women that were in my Libyan, Libyan refugee community wore hijab and it inspired me and it made me feel like that's, that's what's beautiful. That's what's good. That's what I should be aspiring to. Uh, and I knew that it was something that was supposed to, ha- you know, we were supposed to wear later on, but I thought like, what's stopping me? I can wear it right now. So I put it on when I was eight years old and my family was like, are you crazy? Take that off, live your life. And I'm like, I want to live my life like this. This is actually how I want to live my life. This makes me feel full. Um, so, but I was going to just tell you that I think that in general confidence spaces, spaces that build your confidence are ones that are safe, that you can be fully yourself. So Mid Olympics is definitely one of them. My, my local youth group that signed me up for Mid Olympics was, was one of them, my home, my mom and dad, which is like loving and supportive and they worked their tails off. So they taught me how important it was to have a strong work ethic, but also how to be independent. Learning how to be independent was one of the most important confidence creators for me so you know if we have parents coddling their kids not giving them responsibility or chores or jobs like you are hurting your kids your kids need to be independent they need to know how to stand on their own two feet to be resilient to be confident that they can make a good decision and my parents always told me like we trust you we trust you we trust you to make a good decision and even when i made bad decisions oh you better believe my mom was driving up to that party being like what are you doing in this party esteem i was like Oh no. And she's like, I trust you. Remember how I said, I trust you. Like, I'm serious about that. But it also means I don't let you go. Like trusting means that like you're, I'm with you. I'm with you every step of the way. So I just felt loved even when I was disciplined. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That's amazing. It's a lot more of a noble story than mine, to be honest, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, mine was, I mean, I just, I, I, I was going for, I went to an Islamic school from preschool all the way to ninth grade and in part of the uniform starting fifth grade was that you had to wear hijab and basically okay. I kind of saw that as like I don't like this I don't feel like it should be okay for you to force me to wear something you know it's that whole thing that like outsiders see you know hijab is oppression or whatever and like for a bit of time I kind of saw it as that because I'm like you're trying to put me in a headspace that I'm not at right now I'm not like mentally prepared to do this 
obviously like like there's it's different for everybody but at the time i was like i i don't really see how this is like fashioning me into the muslim i should be and and all that stuff and then funny enough i was transferring that ninth grade year i went to islamic school ninth grade and then i was going to a public school 10th grade and like funny enough the first or the week before school started i was like okay, we're here, here I am. Well, here I am going to a school that no one's going to know who I am. It's going to be people who like mostly are not Muslims and mostly people who don't have any idea who I am or who Muslims are. And I basically just said, well, you know what? Like it's time for the show. Like it's the only thing that's going to like show who I am in like the most obvious light, which is, you know, this. And, um, yeah, the first day of school was the first time I put it on. And, um, my mom was also like similar. She was like, are you sure? Like, I really don't want you to be making this decision and I don't want you to be like regretting it and feeling like that you're, you're um, feeling like hindered or anything like that. And I was just like, you know, like, I just feel like if I didn't do it now and even certain, like, if I didn't do it then, then like, if it was like the middle of the school year or like 11th grade or 12th grade and I did, did put it on, like people wouldn't like take me seriously or something. And they would, you know, had known me already as the person who wasn't. And I guess that was just my own headspace. And I was like, okay, let's just do it. And I did. And that's just how it is. And then um, obviously there's been troubles with like running with the hijab and, and trying to like still be me who's kind of like, I don't really look, I don't really act like how I really look. I, I have like thick eyebrows and like, hijab and everything and I'm like super not like I guess reserved as people would like expect me to be or anything like that or angry because I look angry a lot but um I've never gotten that I don't know I think that's your own self-described <laughs> you know, uh... angry I love your big eyebrows I got big ones too thank you yeah big eyebrows are they're 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 a really cool thing yeah a lot of people what is it called it's it was just a huge thing about like trying to like figure out my identity and like how exactly I looked On versus how I acted and everything like that and yeah that was just that was it kind of how it just flourished from there I guess yeah uh, okay wait I, I wanted to ask because I feel like we didn't we didn't catch it but uh, and we're like running out of time but I'm gonna ask anyway because I'm interested so you said that when you were in like around fifth grade or so uh you saw the hijab negatively but i feel like we glossed over how you got to see it in more positively like how you came to actually wanting to wear it like how did because you like i i would like i was in a situation where i was like i have this is like when i wasn't like in the summer i wasn't forced to wear it or like in the times i wasn't i was like i felt like I mean, I was like seeing myself kind of like in like in hindsight, like what will I be like when I go to the school and like how is putting on the hijab going to like affect me? And I was like, it's just going to give me that part of my identity that might not be that um, apparent if you first get to know me or, you know, the way like certain things like the way the hijab protects you and the way that you're kind of like expected to act with the hijab, like people will expect better, th even that whole reserve thing, like people will expect you to act in a certain way. That's good. You know, like people will know that I have boundaries and they will know that I have certain like um, things that happen in my life. And I like, I wanted that to show. And like, I wanted my own identity to be basically there. And again, that whole process of like not being forced to. And then I was like, well, now it's my choice and I get to make that choice. And I want to make that choice because I feel like it's it's gonna benefit me more than not. So, yeah. Trend. I can really relate to that, Noor, actually. Like, um, I feel like that's what kept, kept me wearing hijab. What kept the hijab on my head was feeling like, 
there are boundaries now to the way that people interact with me and I like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to keep those boundaries for myself so that I don't do things that I regret later because I can't and yeah. like melt into the background. I want it to be like, oh, I have to hold myself to a certain standard. I mean, that's what the Quran says. It's mm-hmm. so that you may be identified, so that you mm-hmm. may be identified as Muslim, so that you're not, yeah. you know, goes on so that you're not like, you know, so people don't mess with you. This mm-hmm. Quran says people don't mess with you, don't harass you. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, or, or basically treat you like, unfortunately, like the at the time, women were not treated so so well. Mm-hmm. Saw women as property. They saw them as so as uh, as beings that anyone could just take. Um, yeah. And the, and the you know the hijab was an attempt to be like, no, you can't do that. That don't that doesn't fly. Exactly. Definitely. Alhamdulillah, but. Uh, I say alhamdulillah too much. Uh, okay, so never say uh, alhamdulillah yes. too much. Yeah, never actually, that's that's the truth. That's true. But I, I, what I was getting to is like you know mix it up. Say mashallah sometimes, subhanallah <laughs> other times. You know. Yeah, say subhanallah, la ilaha illallah. You get to choose from. Diversify. Okay, but we are gonna make Fatima very mad if we do not end the podcast soon. So. Uh, sadly, we do have to do an outro. So um, one quick little push. Guys, please, mina.org slash give. Um, and honestly, it should be called mina.org slash give hyphen get. Because let's be honest, okay? You give like $1 to Mina, right? And let's just take the example of the 17, uh, 2017 winter camp, right? I went to that camp. I, ha- I was praying like two namaz a day, barely. Uh, and while I was like a little spiritual, when I came out of that camp, I was praying five namaz. I was doing my best. It was a fight. But now I'm like consistent with my namaz. And the people who put on the 2017 winter camp are getting every single one of my namazes. So like, this is not fair. Like, I wish I could get that. And I can by donating to Mina, which I'm going to do and literally like quadruple my namaz, except it's like every kid that did not pray and now prays that who went to camp. So you're cheating. Go and give money. Why the heck aren't you? Look, if you're $5, I mean, if you're five years old and you have $5, give it to Mina. Like, trust me, you're investing in your own self by doing that. Forget a Roth IRA. Got, got Mina to support you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And for that. That is sound financial advice for me, Rahab. Good job. <laughs> Finan- yeah, okay. Yeah, financial advice. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, my uncle, so he must be so proud of me. All right. Um, Yasmin, is there any last words you'd like to utter? I just want to thank you guys. You guys are both pretty amazing. Um, it's so nice to be able to speak to this age group. I feel like this age group doesn't really follow me on Instagram, doesn't really know about me. And I, you know, I invite you to see if there's something that um, on my page that you might like uh, on Instagram, the, any kind of confidence building, boosting thing, anything that makes you feel like you can kind of understand why your parents do what they do or the relationships that you want to have in your life and you want to model um, and you want to think about, uh, come over to my page. I'm so blessed to have been on here to talk to you guys and I just want you guys to know, like, you guys really are the future. So if you're not feeling so hot, get help. Make, make sure that you talk to people. Make sure you have a community. Mina offers that. But if you can't, you know, if you feel intimidated, go talk to somebody. Understand that any feelings that you have, especially negative feelings, are just fleeting. 
going to get better. It does always go away. And there's a part of you that's just indestructible that you have to tap into because everything else is just delusions. So just like hold on to the truth as hard as you can. And the truth is that we're all going home. We're all going to Allah. We're all going back to God. So just make sure you prep. Do as much as you can. Live live the most in the most beautiful way. Word. Uh, yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah, um, that's like Imam Ghazali right there. Literally from Imam Ghazali. I'm not, no, 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 I'm saying he said that as well. I'm not comparing you to Imam Ghazali. Not that that wouldn't be a bad thing because he's not like a prophet or anything. So it's fine. He, no, no, but he, he says it much more eloquently. Um, he, has, he has a book called The Path of the Worshipful Servants that I actually would recommend that everybody read. It's an incredible book about how to be spiritually disciplined but it's definitely in some next level stuff it ain't like it's not like introductory it's look, like look, start with minicamp and then you know, go and to dive the in. Book. Yeah. yeah exactly go to minicamp first then pick up another ghazali's the path of the worshipful servant so like noor and rahim you're ready yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are about to end this episode of the podcast make sure to tune in in like two weeks to see our next episode something like that uh we'll have more guests and conversations i think our next episode will be a little bit more intimate with just Noor and i but there's no promises yeah and in case you haven't noticed already we the youth is a production of minna the Muslim youth in north america they have a ton of resources and you can check them out at minna.org or on instagram at minna national and if you have an interesting story to tell or any uh, know any other youth that do that does fill out the form in the show notes probably in the description to possible guests on we the youth yeah and oh oh no no Noor already said my part uh but uh that's cool too um okay last final plug donate i've already told you everything you need to know and if you haven't already donated it's what it's okay. For? I'll forgive you. It's yeah. okay. I'll it's just forgive. one minute.org away slash give. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm Noor. I mean, I did this again. <laughs> this is the second time that's happened. Oh my goodness. I'm Noor. I'm Rahim. I'm Rahim. That's me. Yeah. Okay. Assalamualaikum, everybody. Assalamualaikum. <laughs>